game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. Toronto giving a second chance. Giordano up through center. Here's Costa. Drop pass for McDavid. Bidding for the go-ahead goal. Shooting, scoring! Connor McDavid, 52! And he becomes the third player in a century with five consecutive multi-goal games. Connor McDavid continues to soar as the Edmonton Oilers brush aside the Toronto Maple Leafs with a 5-2 victory tonight at Rogers Place. McDavid with two goals and an assist. He has scored twice in five consecutive games. Hyman, Yamamoto, and Costin also scoring for the Oilers. Skinner, the winning goaltender, as Edmonton is now 33-21-8 on the season. Their first ever victory over the Leafs in this building in regulation time. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown in Studio 99 for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Rob, I thought a pretty solid all-round team performance by the Oilers but the captain led the way and he made sure everybody knew he was leading the way tonight. <laughs> uh, he did. Uh, I think that Connor McDavid wanted to send a message throughout the league that uh, this Oiler team is for real uh, and it's going to be very hard to stop them. It's certainly going to be hard to stop him and uh, superstars when they get on the big stage they want to have an impact and they want to uh, be noticed and this is a big stage tonight uh, two teams with high aspirations two teams that have made a lot of uh, changes over the last uh, a few days or the last week in Toronto's case uh, and this is Connor McDavid coming out and showing all of Canada how good he is and how good his team was and he wasn't going to let this team uh, falter tonight right from the very first shift he was excellent in this hockey game uh, he had the two goals could have been four or five uh, he led physically. Uh, it was it, it was a message-sending game from not only Connor but for, from the all, all the other stars. Leon Draisaitl was a physical force. Ryan Nugent Hopkins gets you into a fight. Hyman has a goal and has a couple other breakaways. I mean, this was a game where the the Oilers' best players uh, far outplayed the Toronto Maple Leaf best players. And the Toronto Maple Leafs got some pretty uh, big superstars on their side, but the Oilers' better or superstars were better tonight. McDavid, the first star of the game, not much doubt about that. Costin, the second star. Nugent Hopkins, the third star. The fourth star is presented by Jandell Holmes, Alberta's premier modular home retailer. We're going to give it to the new oiler, Matthias Ekholm, who plays 20-50. He's plus two, has an assist, three hits, two block shots. Excellent. Uh, I, I think Oiler fans that saw the game tonight and watched Ekholm saw exactly what Ekholm is. He's a player that makes smart decisions, very sound defensively, hard on the opposition. Uh, it, I, I, <laughs> Ryan Nugent Hopkins said last night, he's very good with his stick, and I don't think he meant on the ice pushing pucks away. Uh, and, but he's also a guy that jumps up into the play. He led a rush. Uh, he set himself up. He and Bouchard had a set playoff a face-off for a big one-timer. He's in front of the net on the opposition's uh, end. Uh, that's exactly what you saw when he played for Nashville. And I think... You could hear the excitement when he talked about coming to Edmonton. And the excitement of being on a team that's in a playoff race and a team that's got aspirations of winning a Stanley Cup. And I think there's also some 
uh, satisfaction or, or excitement about being on the side of Connor and Leon, as Connor and Leon have absolutely uh, owned Nashville and, and Ekholm and his partners for the last few years. So I think finally it's nice where he's out there celebrating with Connor and Leon instead of watching them celebrate in front of his net as the as Connor and Leon have so many times over the last couple of years. So Ekholm played 20:50. We set the line at 21 minutes before the game for River Tree Resort and Casino. Excitement bet on it. So it's just under. Kai takes the under. He gets the $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. The Oilers beat the Maple Leafs 5-2 tonight at Rogers Place. Uh, special teams, the Oilers were one for four. Leafs were one for three. There were a lot of abbreviated, well, a few abbreviated power plays late in the game as the teams took some penalties back and forth. Um, McDavid got a power play goal. Bouchard was back uh, on, on the point. I mean, we have seen him there before, so it's not mm -hmm. like, oh, how did he do? We know he can play there. Um, the, the, the goal they scored was off the rush early in a power play, so they didn't really uh, too early to kind of say how he looked as the main guy. Well, if you're going to compare him to, to Tyson Berry, Tyson Berry is a better power play player. Tyson Berry has been in the National Hockey League for a long time and made a career out of playing the power play. Uh, he's led the NHL in points so as a defenseman. So uh, Evan Bouchard has got potential to be a very good power play player in this league. He's not Tyson Berry right now. So to compare him to Tyson's not fair because Tyson had, while he was here, what, 10 years of being leading a power play? And Evan has gotten, he's been on maybe 50 games where he's been the star guy in the power play. So he's not as good as Tyson yet. Uh, but their power play scored a big goal to start this game off. And I think what teams have got to realize is that uh, it doesn't matter where you are on the ice, you cannot turn the puck over if Connor's on the ice. And the two goals that Connor had in the first period were both on Toronto Maple Leafs turning the puck over. One at the blue line, Marner on a shorthanded rush, turned it over, and then one in the neutral zone. Um, I think it was Lafferty turned the puck over, Costa got it. And Connor McDavid made them pay both times. Bouchard replacing Barry on the first unit power play. Our quick change for Jiffy Loop, keeping you moving to and from the game. Visit your local Jiffy Loop today. Le uh, Oilers beat the Leafs 5-2. Warren Fogle is probably sitting in his stall saying, wait a minute, that should have been six. Uh, I, I mean, it was a three-goal difference at the time. So it did, I guess if you're going to get burned by a, a ref mistake, and they, they do happen occasionally, I guess that's uh, that's the time to happen. But, I mean, the referee couldn't see the puck, thought it was covered, but it's there, and Fogel tapped it in. Well, th there were two disallowed goals today, and the first one was correct. Connor McDavid, that was interference. That was an easy call for the referee. The Bouchard, who desperately needed that goal, uh, it's been a while since he scored, that was a penalty that they called, and that was the right call. The one on Fogel, that was a mistake by the ref, 100%. And, and it was weird. There are times where, where a puck is loose and a ref loses sight of it. But it's usually in a scramble. Very rarely do you see a ref blow the whistle as quick as he did on that one. Because that was a shot from the point by Nurse. It was a heavy shot that bounced off the glove of Samsonov and immediately fell to the, to, to the ice. And Fogel, I mean, it wasn't like it sat there for a while before po Fogel poked it in. It was almost... Right, puck bounced, it's on the ice, Fogel taps it in. So it was a very quick whistle, which was uh, a little surprising and very disappointing for Warren Fogel. It's hard to score in the NHL, and it really sucks when it's uh, taken away simply because the referee made a mistake. But that was 100% a mistake by the referee, and unfortunately for Warren Fogel, I believe that would have been his 12th of the season. He's going to have to search for it again next game.
All right, so the Oilers win 5-2 over the Maple Leafs as uh, this tough stretch of games for Edmonton started with a loss against Boston on Monday, beat the Leafs tonight, a couple, uh, couple games coming up against the Jets on Friday and Saturday, and then they uh, hit the road as they continue to jockey for position in the NHL's Pacific Division as we check the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and new semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. The Golden Knights are playing tonight. No score against the Hurricanes. That's after the first period. Capitals and Ducks 1-1, start of the second. Devils leading the Avalanche 6-4, start of the third. Yeah, I, I, look, I don't even know who was, Colorado's goaltender is. It I, was 5-1 New Jersey at one point. And then they... they Colorado battle back, but they've got, uh, I don't know if it's a third stringer in net for them right now. It's names Annan or something along that line. I hadn't heard of him. He's having a hard time in the net for the Colorado Avalanche tonight because the shots aren't ridiculous tonight, just the goals are. The, the Stars beat the Coyotes 4-2 tonight, and the Rangers beat the Flyers 3-2 in overtime. Tarasenko, the game winner, his 13th goal of the season. That's a look at your Edmonton Trailer scoreboard. Okay, we will get you post-game reaction from the uh, Oilers dressing room and from head coach Jay Woodcroft. We're happy to hear from you as well. 780-496-0063 is the hotline presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. Behind the net, Yamamoto and a big hit, Justin Hall, and he got a healthy piece of Yamamoto. He's okay, and we're going to have a fight. Nugent Hopkins did not like that hit on Kyler Yamamoto and lands a clubbing right hand that fells Justin Hall. Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Not the guy you'd think, but he continues to earmark his career year. Well, Justin Hall is the latest name on a list that includes Sean Monahan, Vinny Hinestroza, and Dan Hamhuse. Those are the players who Ryan Nugent Hopkins has fought in his NHL career, and Nuge delivers the crunch of the game for Cougar Payton Collision, our family helping your family for 40 years and counting. It's funny. Uh, you, I told you that I had done an event last night with Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Devin Shore, and I got to introduce Nuge onto the stage, and I said, and I'd like to introduce a man that's having a career year in goals, assists, points, and he is only one fight away from having a career year in penalty minutes. <laughs> and lo and behold, 24 hours later, he's in a fight. And we were everyone's laughing when I said that as I was only joking but uh, it, it is it is unbelievable the kind the year he's having but not unbelievable the kind of things that he does like that that's what you expect from Ryan Nugent Hopkins uh, it's why the city is in love with him as a player and as a person uh, he understands uh, the game of hockey he knows that that was a, a big hit to a player that has been hurt with concussions and he went and stood up for him. And, I mean, Hall's a much bigger man that's probably dropped his gloves more often than Nugent Hopkins, but Nugent Hopkins took the fight on. He went after Hall. So uh, the legend of Nugent Hopkins continues here in Edmonton, and and good on him. And, and I, I think he's 4-0 in fights in his career. And here's a guy that went first overall and is going to have a, a career year in points and goals this year and drops his gloves and... 
once again just cements his legacy of one of the most beloved Edmonton Oilers in history. Well, it, it was the it was the uppercut I think that really cut Hall because they it, it, that tagged him because they were going over the top a little bit and then Nuge came up underneath and that's the well one, he was going I body think, blow stag, body blow uppercut uppercut yeah, yeah no he. Uh, <laughs> uh, he, it's obvious when, when he drops his gloves, you don't see it off, and it's been four times. He knows how to fight. It's You'll see some guys that uh, are skilled players, and when they drop their gloves, I mean, Alex Ovechkin has dropped his gloves, and it was almost like he was whack-a-mole, hitting the guy on top of his head. But Nuge knows how to fight, and a much bigger guy. But it's just the, uh, the leadership going in there. I mean, that's not his role, and not even close to what his role should be, but it was something that needed to be done. A message needed to be sent, and... Good on Ryan Nugent Hopkins. That will be much appreciated in the dressing room after the game. Well, and Yamo has to, he got pulled off by the spotter. He, he did immediately, but you, when they showed him on the bench, because we saw a replay of it probably about seven, eight minutes later, uh, you could see just the look on his face and probably a little bit of concern. Uh, I would imagine, I mean, you've had concussions. Uh, you take a hit to the head, and your first reaction is, oh, God, please no. No, not again. And you just, you're away. Okay, don't don't get a headache. Don't get blurry. Don't get a headache. And then you go back to the bench. So, I mean, it's good that they pulled him out of the game. And there was no need, obviously, for him to come back in the game, whether he was cleared or not. And now we'll just wait to see if he's on the ice tomorrow. Hopefully, yes. Oilers win it 5-2 over the Maple Leafs. So we have turned on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. We activate it whenever the Oilers score five or more in the game. So head to 630Ched.com, print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village, Edmonton's favorite teppanyaki steak restaurants. Come in and check out their new location, 3975 Calgary Trail, 5-2 win over Toronto tonight. The first goal for Toronto was an unusual one because um, now CeCe had the puck, but I don't think he was the only oiler that, th that thought <laughs> the play was over. And I, I mean, it was almost it was almost like when you have a game of like adults against kids and sometimes the adults are like okay well just we let him check you but just let him have the puck i mean martyr just he's like okay i don't think there's been a whistle i'll just take the puck and center it to camp well oh, first of all scored. it's just the parents are saying yeah i'm gonna let him have the puck usually the kid is actually <laughs> taking the puck but you're right i i think cc it looked offside like when i watched it with the naked eye it looked offside and i'm sure the entire bench was yelling offside offside uh, normally, there's a, a linesman that'll be standing there, and he'll give you an indication if, if it's a delay or not. But because one of the linesmen was out of the game, there was no linesman near the blue line. So now CeCe only hears his bench. Uh, Marner continues to play. And I think CeCe says, okay, well, you're going to touch the puck. I'm tired. I need to, I'll let you get the whistle. There's no use me forcing anything right now. And when the whistle didn't go, it surprised. Uh, both, I think, I think it was Nurse that was in front of the net as well, and he was too far back because he thought there was going to be a whistle. So, just it, that to me is uh, just a learning moment for a couple of veteran players that, uh, unless you hear the whistle go, uh, continue to uh, to fight and, and play with desperation. But, but the linesman would usually be yelling. Yeah, good, linesman good would, or off or yeah, whatever. Yeah, and yell. that's why there was right. no the linesman that was the well the one linesman wasn't in the game and the second linesman was all the way on the other side of center. There was a referee that was in that area, but he's not going to make uh, that call. So it was CC. I mean, you'd have to ask him, but CC was probably listening to his bench, was uh, sure that the whistle was going to go when Marner touched it, and Marner was probably surprised too. But he's like, oh, I'm going to keep on going until someone tells me not to. But it was just one of the. It was a really weird, weird, odd play in a game that the Oilers played. 
I mean, no game is perfect, but pretty darn close. And that was just an odd play in it. All right, 5-2, the Oilers take it. We'll go to the Certainty Hotline, 780-496-0063. We have Scott on the line. Hi, Scott. Thanks for calling. Go ahead. Well, thanks, guys. Uh, yeah, first up here, holy. Um, so, Bouchard, I thought, like you already said, he had a little bit of a rough night, but looked at, uh, to me, invisible with EK, which is a good thing for a defenseman. Uh, Ekholm, great debut. I've got a couple of points I want to make uh, and then uh, maybe a proposal, but I don't want Rob to pick me apart like last night. No, I didn't pick. It just was impossible for that trade to happen. I love not hearing if, trades. Not if you freaking get rid of uh, uh, PRV. No, <laughs> true. true. That, that is true. That <laughs> is true. Once the month, there was money involved at that point, too. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. Okay, I so want to hear your proposal, though. Well, okay, that's last. All right. Okay, I just want I want to touch he's, on the he's got an on the, <laughs> I want to touch on the Ekholm trade a bit. Yep. Um, so it was reported through David Boyle, um, uh, Nashville GM, uh, that they wanted two uh, first round picks for Ek. Okay. Uh, that was pretty much out there, uh, reported through Nashville, whatever. I don't get adding Barry into that trade. I know it's a money thing, but why can't we trade Barry? beforehand he's a 53 point uh defenseman uh power play specialist there, there's got to be a market for that why can't we trade him get a pick or something and then do the deal with uh nashville i know it's a time thing but I, that part i didn't understand but I, I, I honestly i'm not being sarcastic you answered your own question like it had to be and then it had to happen with Pugliarvi going that, out earlier in the day too, right? It, let's say, for example, that they say, okay, hold on to Ekholm. We're going to see if we can move Barry first. What okay. if in that time frame someone else comes up and says to David Poyle, you know what, we're going to give you the two first that you want. We're actually going to give you a kick. We're going to give you this third round or two, and they trade Ekholm somewhere else. So I think okay. at that point you're like, oh, we well, shouldn't have held and on. Plus, in terms of I having just, enough players, Nashville wants a body on their roster too. They can yeah, I just hate, I hate the thought of uh, possibly uh, them turning around and trading. Well, that's Barry a thing. The deadline, you know. Well, we we've been talking about that too, my buddies and I. I mean, there's a lot of teams would love a, a Tyson Berry well, running sure. their power play, and he's. Um, I know that this is a word that Bob Lake used in a lot last year. Redundant. I mean, Barry's redundant. I mean, they got Roman Yossi. I, I love Tyson Berry, and he's a fantastic power play player. He's not Roman Yossi. So did now Ekholm you... And, did Ekholm and Yossi play together, or were they separated? Oh, I, there was sure. there were I'd times they were together, yeah. but I, I, I read, what I've read lately is they were separated a lot, and Ekholm <laughs> was taking on a lot of younger players and kind of mentoring them. All right, Scott, what's your proposal? Okay, first of all, uh, we've got pretty much two rookie defensemen and Bouchard, who's a sophomore, right? Yep. Uh, going into, let's say, we get into the conference finals and let's say uh, you got a team like Colorado, you get possibly get by then, you get to the Cup. At any rate, you're going you're gonna to face a lot of top competition. Do we have what we, like in three, two rookies and a Bouchard, are we going to trust that? Or do we maybe go for uh, uh, a right shot uh, journeyman uh, defenseman and I've kind of got a, I, I just want you to answer that first before I give you well, my yeah, I think they should get Luke Shen from the Leafs I would love more experience yes uh, whether it I mean the, the Maple Leafs trade for Luke Shen and John Shannon was on the show today Luke Shen might not even play in some games but they have okay. an experienced guy with 900 games that can play when needed so yes I would love to see someone else here that 
uh, has experience, at some point they may need him. Yeah. Okay. Well, my proposal, and I just thought of this today, <laughs> uh, just like as we were, I was waiting for you to get me on there. How about Yamo and Fogel going the other way? Uh, money in, money out for Dumba. Okay. Now I don't know what is Dumba. You make? had a second and a third. Okay. What does Dumba make? Six million. Okay. Now here's here's the one problem with that, and this is the same thing that we talked about last night. The Oilers would not have enough players then. Okay, Rob, you get I'm going to fight you on that one. Okay. Okay. How many times, I know you were in Pittsburgh and, uh -huh. like, make, you know, whatever, but how many times did we bring up a rookie in the Stanley Cup push? We brought up a Jelena. We brought up a... No, I, oh, I understand that. We but brought I, up a Tikkanen. No, I understand that, but I'm saying that all of a sudden, so the Oilers are up at the salary cap, so they have 20 players in the roster. And you just trade two away, you're down to 18. And now you get Dumba back, you got 19. Well, you only have 19 players that you can play in any game because of the salary cap. You hear what I'm saying? And you got to activate Evander at some point. Well, Evander comes, but then as soon as Evander I, I, comes, yeah. Devin Shore is gone because he's on emergency recall. I, I don't think... I don't think there'll be another trade for a player who makes anywhere near the neighborhood of Eckholm. No, I, yeah. And the thing is, you're you're losing two guys in your top nine and who are you going to fill them with so I, I i like dumba i mean he's a good hockey player but i i think that you at that point you're really shorthanding yourself up front because you just lost two top nine guys and who are you going to put into those spots Oilers win 5-2 over the Leafs. That is a $500 donation to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous from James H. Brown. Injury lawyers, when accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. They fill the net with 100 bucks every time the Oilers score this season. Anish is also on the line. Anish, go ahead. Hey, how are you guys doing today? Good. Good, good. Nice to hear from you guys again. Uh, I actually thought Ekholm looked really great uh, tonight. Like, he played really well. I found that our defense, uh, we really limited on what it looked like, the, the shots and the chances. Do you guys feel that now that Barry is gone and Bush is technically our number one D-man on the power play, do you guys feel he's ready to quarterback that power play and run, uh, run the teams in those situations? Now that Barry's gone, and then we have Elkham as well. Well, I, as I said earlier, I, Bouchard is not as good as Barry right now. Barry's a, I don't know what he's, 11-year pro that's run power plays his entire career. Uh, Bouchard might get there, but you, you're hoping. As for, the, I mean, the one advantage is Bouchard coming in and running an Oiler power player, being the quarterback on it, there's not as much stress on you because there's other guys in the Oilers power play that are going to really do the heavy lifting. So uh, sometimes it's just staying out of their way, getting the puck went to them when they need it. But uh, the power play, I don't know if the power play will be as good with Bouchard as it was with Barry, but I mean the drop-off is not going to be significant because you still got Connor, Leon, Nuge, Hyman, and then you can throw Kane out there at, at some point. Do you they, think Bouchard will will look to shoot more than Barry did? Not that Barry didn't <laughs> shoot, but you know what I'm saying. I I don't think the Oilers' power play, they're not a shooting power play. They're not one where we're going to set you up for one-timers. Now, it is an option, and Barry was an option, but the Oilers' power play is successful because of what Connor and Leon and Nuge and Hyman can do down low. Uh, when Barry made his decision to shoot, it was, okay, now's the right time. 
So I don't think they're going to set it up where he's going to have a tee like when Sheldon Surrey played for the Oilers. All right, it's going back to the point for a one-timer. The Oilers have a playmaking power play, and they're pretty good at it. 5-2, the Oilers win tonight. The power play was one for four. Leafs were one for three. Marner got the goal. I was watching Ekholm on that penalty kill. He was guarding the front of the net. Woodcroft said something interesting this morning that he, he can block shots on the PK and he's so big he can discourage shots yep. and he, he was out on Marner there and went down into that side I don't even know what they call it but that sideways pose to block shots the problem is with, with, with Marner he's good he's like well I'm gonna put I, it I around. Shoot around you but, yeah. it, but it, what Woodcroft said is so true when all of a sudden if I get the puck on the power play I look up and there's a body between in the shooting lane I'm passing off and it, a lot of times you'll hear uh, for example a Bouchard or Barry shoot well it, they're 20 feet away from a defender but when they look up they see someone in the shooting lane mm -hmm. that's how they move that so they have to move it to the outside so the defender his whole job get in the shooting lane discourage that player from shooting the puck uh, but it was funny I watched just looking at they had Dayarnay and and Ekholm on the ice that is what 13 feet of man on the ice right there they got six six and six four out on the ice that is a lot of man defending down low and both of them play with nastiness both of them very very strong with their stick whether it's shooting pucks out or cross-checking you across the back uh Ekholm was excellent in this hockey game he was everything that the Oilers have been wanting yeah. and needing in a player and i thought he came as average and the the thing about Ekholm and he talked about it He's been to Stanley Cup Finals. He's played in important games. Uh, he came here, there was no awe of being with the, the Oilers superstars. There was no nervousness in his game. He just came and played his game. I am a huge fan of any Swedish defenseman. They are taught to play the proper way from a young age and they know what they're supposed to do when they're on the ice and they rarely make a big mistake well I, I know I mean I've seen him play before but, but I mean he plays hard if, if yep. you're, you're going to beat him you, you have to make an, an excellent play and he made a great pass up the wall the dry sidle that slap pass yep. that, that then Hyman got in alone I mean that, that's a good play with the puck and th this was a subtle play but it was in the second period he was the, the pucks went off Skinner to Skinner's right almost out to the face off dot and Ekholm had to go get it, and he's being chased by a Leaf who's kind of bugging him with his stick. Ekholm had no play, but but except his backhand. Well, he didn't. Okay, I'm going to flip. I, I'm I'm going to you know bounce it to the blue line and hope the defenseman miss it. He basically did a backhand slap shot uh, off the boards. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so he's thinking, okay, this is the only play I got. But if if he's going uh, if if it's going to get kept in they're going to have to make a strong play to keep it in because I'm going to make a strong play and plays like that will rub off another defenseman and I saw tonight three or four times where Darnell Nurse instead of trying to force a play off the glass and out the simple play sometimes is your best play Ekholm is very good at that all right so we're going to get post game reaction coming from uh, the Edmonton Oilers including head coach Jay Woodcroft we got Bob Rocket and JP up next in the batting order on the open line for the first time since this building opened, the Toronto Maple Leafs have been beaten by the Edmonton Oilers in regulation time. McDavid, another brilliant performance, two goals and an assist, 5-2 Edmonton is the final. We're back after the news and weather with more Heartland Ford overtime. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. Down the middle, you've sharpened up your wits since I've been gone. Here's Nealand, dishing off, shot, 
Lunging save, rebound, loose and pulled off the goal line by who else but Connor McDavid. A spectacular defensive play. And now, well, McDavid had a lot of the offense. Might as well give him the save of the game as well for Crystal Glass. Call 310 Glass or visit crystalglass.ca. Scramble in front. Saw the replay. I, I don't know if it had yeah. enough steam to go in, but he got it out of there. Well, and I don't know if it would have counted anyways. And Skinner had a good game. Yeah, Skinner, Skinner had a great game. I think that one would have been disallowed. I think O'Reilly drove the defenseman into Skinner. Skinner was actually about six feet out of the net when Connor came in and, did, and pulled that out. Uh, yeah, Skinner was good in this game. Uh, he made the saves he had to. Uh, he wasn't tested as much as the goalie in the opposite end, but it's kind of funny. This was a game of two goaltenders with contrastingly different styles. Skinner, as we know, is very positionally sound. Uh, he's always knows where the play is going to go, and he's always set and ready. Samsonov is all over the place, and you could see that in the first couple of goals. The goal that Connor McDavid scored, Leon had the one-timer one that Samsonov saved, and he was below the goal line when Connor came in and got the rebound. On the goal that Hyman scored, the first shot got hit, hit some pads. Samsonov kept sliding over, and he almost slid out of the net, and Hyman had the entire half of the net to shoot at. So uh, he relies on his acrobatics and his athleticism, where on the other end, uh, Skinner relies on smart positional play, and he was very good with that tonight. All right, before we bring you Matthias Ekholm, we have Bob on the Certainty Hotline. Go ahead, Bob. Hey, I'm not going to try to be a chair, uh, an armchair GM. Just want to make two quick points. Uh, don't mess with the baby-faced assassin. <laughs> and it's amazing what a couple of big defensemen will do to calm a game down. Go ahead, guys. Well, I mean, yeah, <laughs> Nuge is tough. Uh, he, he looks like he's 16 still, pushing 30 now, and he still looks like he's a teenager, but uh, he, he knows how to fight. And four other players in the National Hockey League have found that out. As for the, on the back end, and we just talked about it, you and I in the penalty kill. I mean, uh, one penalty kill, they had a guy six foot six and three quarters. Let's give him six seven. And a guy that's six four. Uh, that is uh, a lot of body to try to get around on your power play. And the Oilers got much bigger over the last month and a bit by hand, by bringing in DeHarnay and Ekholm. And they're a much tougher team to play against down low. All right, he is at the mic for Eclipse Restoration, named one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row. Call 780-250-HELP or visit eclipse247.ca. The new oiler, Matthias Ekholm. Take us through your, uh, just sort of when you heard and the whirlwind that happened after that, just to try and get here and get in this game. Yeah, um, it's over tw 24 hours now at least, so uh, I was about to dress up for going to the game yesterday. Around 4 o'clock, David called me, um, said he had to trade, uh, stay home kind of thing, and uh, took an hour. Kenny called me and uh, welcomed me to, to Edmonton, so I flew out this morning. Um, got in around 1.30, something like that. Uh, went to the hotel, got a meal and a nap in, and uh, ready to go. It's it's actually, to be honest, I'd rather have it this way because you you, yeah. you see the guys right away. You get in a game situation, you get to know them, and um, especially it's kind of nice to be Toronto at home the first game, right? So, uh, no, it's been it's been a, a whirlwind of 24 hours, but I'm super happy and excited to be here. How did you feel out there? Where you, I mean, you looked like the legs were there and everything was there. Like just how did it feel? Well, it, it felt all right. I, I think... Uh, 
uh, I had to catch my breath there a couple times, especially in the second. I had a long one, but uh, obviously they, they made it really easy for me. Um, just trying to go out there and do my thing and, uh, and help the team to win. And um, obviously, you know, the, the firepower this team has. So for me, to come in and have a role of uh, trying to shut their big lines down and, and, and keep uh, keep the opposition to a, to a low score is my job. I'm getting guessing to, to come in here. So so far, so good. It's a first first win and a first good start. So uh, yeah, happy. You play, uh, you know, one of the top offensive teams in the league today and holding two goals and not a ton of chances. Pretty solid defensive effort all the way through. Is that, uh, I suppose, a step in the right direction around here? Yeah, I mean, I can only speak for, for this game. I haven't really seen what they've done here in the last month or so, but uh, I thought it was really, I think it starts, again, with the forwards. Just such a good back pressure. With it. it keeps us having good gaps. It keeps us knocking pucks down. They have, don't let them have zone entries. Uh, have them dump the puck, and then we break out again. So I thought uh, our forwards did a really good job with that, and I thought us as D um, handled the, their pressure of, of breaking the puck up pretty good all night. I know, obviously, they're going to get their chances. They were a gifted team. And, um, but tonight, uh, again, I thought we did a good job. Did you know everyone's name when you were asking for a pass? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was out there with Bouge a lot. Uh, he made it easy for me. He's, he's, he's got great vision. And then, obviously, you, you know the, the four was they have out here. But every once in a while, it's, you can just like yell loud, and they, they usually hear you. It's not going to be perfect with names. So I apologize for that. But uh, as we get going here, I'll learn. Usually, when you get treated, there's a couple of guys you know on the team here. Around the league, not yourself, but I have two guys, two guys that I've played with before. I have Jan Mark that I played a world championship with, and then uh, actually the video coach, Jeremy, uh, was in Nashville for a little bit, so those were the only two, but to be honest with you, I feel like uh, that's not a bad thing at all. You, you get a clean sheet with everybody. You get to come in here, and uh, everyone's been super friendly starting at the top with Kenny and, and owners and, and management staff, everybody, coaches, players, so um, couldn't be happier where I am, and, and I'm super excited for the opportunity. When it's your first game being teammates with Connor McDavid, it's his fifth straight game with multi-goal uh, efforts. Being on the other side, how would you describe defending Connor McDavid? It's kind of nice to see that he doesn't just do it to you, right? <laughs> just, you know, it seems that every time we play them, it's been Leon too. I mean, he's been lights out against us, and, and it just seems like you can't stop him. But just to, to see him do it in person, it's uh, it's pretty cool. I mean, it's 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 like nobody else, right? Like those two guys can can really do it offensively. So. Um, pleasure to sit there on the bench and watch them do their thing and uh, hopefully we can chip in and contribute defensively here and uh, maybe offensively as well and uh, get this thing rolling. So, uh, you played a lot with Bouchard tonight. What was your first impressions of him as a defense partner? Really good. Um, just his vision. Uh, talking a lot out there. I think uh, that was that was probably the most thing. That, or the biggest thing that stuck out to me was his vision and the way he um, saw the ice, found passes, um, was always on the tape. Really good vision. So um, I, I'm sure I mean, I've seen him before, and I know he's a really good D-man, but um, I was really impressed with his game. Matias, when you mentioned you played that shutdown role for such a long time, and you never really had a high octane offense to go with it. Does it make it easier as a defensive guy to know that if you do your job, you know, eventually the dam's going to break for your team? Yeah, 100%. I mean, it's, it speaks for itself. I know... Um, I, I take a lot of pride in the defensive side of the game. I think that's where I'm at my best. So um, knowing that if I do my job to 100%, there's there's a, a high probability that, that the outcome of the game is going to be really good. So. Um, 
obviously it's uh, as I said earlier it's a, it's a really really cool experience for me it's a really cool opportunity I mean uh, being in the final in 17 being close to winning um, this is uh, it's going to be a really fun ride and then hopefully we can get uh, to that next step all right that's the new guy Matias Ekholm Rob <laughs> well it, to me he's well spoken he's a he's a good interview and I know that Mark Spector said that between periods with us but you and I both started giggling when he, he said oh, it was great watching Connor do it to other players so I know it's not just me that he's been doing it to all these years uh, as he's seen too much of Connor and Leon over the years when he was in Nashville uh, what, what you love uh, about him is all players are going to say the right thing when they come to a new team it's I mean we all are programmed at a young age here's what the media wants to hear here's what the fans want to hear but when you hear it in his voice you, you listen for is there an excitement in his voice because the words are always going to be the same but he sounded excited he's pumped to be here he's coming to a team that is on its way up he sees what the aspirations of this organization as he sees he's playing on a team with the two best players in the league and what they're building here uh, he he's looking forward to being part of something big here and, and you love that and because this is a guy that's uh, I don't know he's not a superstar in the league but this guy's a, a very very good hockey player in this league and has been for a number of years and now he's part of the Edmonton Oilers for the next three years so uh, it's there's something good happening here with the Edmonton Oilers organization and uh, he's going to be, if the Oilers go anywhere in the playoffs, he will have to be very good. And I think that's what they're expecting. Oilers beat the Maple Leafs 5-2 tonight at Rogers Place. Well, this is a treat, especially on a Wednesday night. JP on the Certainty Hotline. JP, go ahead, please. Uh-oh. Did the wine get the best of him? JP, are you there? Um, hello, hello. There he is. Oh, I had me phone on mute. I was pouring a drink, you guy. Hello, Ri. Hello, Ra. How are you guy tonight? How come you have not come to meet Rob and get us autograph in Studio 99 yet? We're here every home game. Don't don't steal my final last line before I oh, hang sorry. up, uh, Ri. <laughs> okay. I know this is your program, and I'm stepping on your toe a bit now, too, but me, goodness. <laughs> Anywho, let's, uh, before I get down to brass tacks, I just want to say, speaking of Rob, Rob, I like your style tonight with this, uh, you're talking like Don King, you're uh, talking about RNH before and all, he's for and all. <laughs> you know, uh, there's a lot of money around that we can be making with uh, Jake Paul, because I know Jake Paul is probably <laughs> listening around. Jake, you can't handle RNH, a few bucks. I'm in your corner, you and I will work out the promotion, but let's get down the brass tacks, you guys. Oh, what a game tonight. I'm, first, I, I'm, thank God my boss is a 1260 listener and he doesn't listen to the better AM station. But I'm going to have to phone him after this and tell him I'm not leaving tomorrow. Uh, at least not early. Last year with Dick Duncan Key, he come to the bench sitting next to the Bouchard and they talk. They talk common sense hockey. They calm down. He calms down. He goes, hey, Duncan, what I do wrong? Well, I'll tell you what you do wrong. And then this year he comes in after this, he wanted a nice another year of this, but then he gets thrown into Lions Den this year. Now the Ken, the Ken Holland goes out and gets another presence, like the Duncan Key last year. Okay, what I do wrong? Well, I'll tell you, this is what you do wrong. You can do this better. This type of confidence is going to start building. And then next year, he's still here. The year after this, he's still here. We got 
Adam Larson's bigger brother, in my opinion, for another three years, this is the best move I've ever seen in my life. I'm so, so pumped tonight. I'm going to have a few more rides. Not the wine tonight, really. Maybe I, I might smoke a little stress. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. <laughs> but I'm confident I will probably kill this uh, rest of uh, 60 I have tonight. There's only a quarter left. So he's gone. He's gone, though. Anyway, I'm not going to take up too much time. I'm so happy. Thank you, guys, so long. I haven't talked to you in, in ages. And uh, Rob, please. Uh, we have to meet at Quizno or something or lunch or something. We don't know, and we'll get. Uh, I'll get you an autograph if you could, please. Thank you. <laughs> well, he's taking you fancy Quiznos. Uh, our first date, me and JP, will be at Quiznos, and we're going to finish. Well, he says the last quarter of his sixty, so he's going to have they fifteen serve ounces. Wine at Quiznos? Well, you bring your own. It's BYOB to Quiznos. I'm pretty sure they they acknowledge that at the front door. Do you have booze? Sure, come on in. If you're with JP, you can take booze anywhere. That's it's a special Actually, JP you, rule. You, you might need you might need booze. So no, uh, it, uh, JP, everything. Uh, what he did talk about was having a veteran presence around a young defenseman, and I do believe that Duncan Keith uh, was uh, really benefited. Evan Bouchard last year, and I, I, I agree that it's going to help again this year having someone to settle Evan down. The one thing that we've seen with, with Evan Bouchard at times, if something goes wrong, he carries it. He carries it for a couple shifts, and at times he's carried it for a couple games. If you've got somebody that you can bounce things off on the bench, a veteran who's been through everything, every veteran in the National Hockey League outside of someone named Connor McDavid has had a bad stretch, whether it's in a game or, or, or in a stretch of games, and they can sit down and talk to a younger player. Okay, I've been there. I know what you're going through. Here's how you get out of it. Here's the confidence building that you need. I think Ekholm wants that challenge, and he's talked about it already in some of his interviews. I'm going to come in, and I'm going to help the young players. I did it in Nashville, and I look forward to doing it here in Edmonton. 62nd game of the year for the Oilers is a 5-2 win over Toronto. Connor McDavid, three points. He is up to 118 on the season. Here's the Oilers captain. Seemed like uh, seemed like you guys had your game right from the get-go tonight, Connor. Did you feel like you guys sort of brought the right stuff? Yeah, obviously an interesting day. You know, obviously a sad day yesterday, seeing seeing some good friends go out the door. But you know, really exciting to bring in uh, to bring in Eck. Um, you know, and I thought he showed uh, I thought he showed exactly what uh, he's going to bring to this team tonight. You know, just stable. Um, you know, really really good uh, solid defender back there. Connor, uh, that's two consecutive games where you know against two top offensive teams, and you guys didn't really give up much. Really happy. I know you didn't get the result you want about two straight games something to build on defensively as a team for sure for sure you know obviously playing against two of the two of the league's best uh, here this week and you know, I thought we showed pretty well obviously we'd like we'd like a better result uh, on Monday and you know big win here tonight and um, we get those guys next week again so um, you know, another great test for us coming up um, did you feel like you had that game in control most of the way or all the way uh, tonight did you, did you feel you like you really kind of lost the script a little bit uh, you're playing against a good team you know they're always going to have uh, you know momentum swings and you know, I thought we did a good job of managing that and you know we uh, we defended well, like 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 we kind of talked about. And um, yeah. Connor, you talk about Matthias brings to this team, but what is the most attractive quality he brings to this team? Um, 
just a you know stable force back there. You know, just kind of um, you know reads the play so well. You know, he's uh, always in the right spot, and um, you know, and he's a leader. You know, he uh, he uh, he you know uses his voice, and um, you know that's uh, that's you can't get uh, you can't get enough of that in the locker room. How about Nuge? Can you give us a play-by-play of that vote? Yeah, really, really good. You know, obviously we don't like seeing, uh, you know, those type of hits. Um, you know, and I thought Nuge did a great job of, of stepping up. You know, he uh, he's not usually that type of guy, but, you know, I've played with him a long time, and I'm seen, I've am i seen him fight a few times, and I definitely wouldn't, uh, wouldn't step up uh, step up and fight him. I guess you don't know who to go to for lessons now, right? <laughs> yeah, it seems like we've got a few guys. It seems like we've got a few guys now. You know, Clemmer, Clemmer's not afraid to throw him, and um, you know, every time Nuge gets in one, it's not often, but, you know, he, uh, he, does, he does real well. Tell me about the stage. Like there was a time when playing the Leafs, national TV, they come in. It was a big deal for a lot of guys. Is there still any of that, or is it too old for that stuff? Um, well, you know, I think the crowd always, you know, gets into the game. You know, I think that's, you know, but that's just noise. Um, you know. Um, it's always exciting playing the Leafs, and we got a lot of Toronto connections here. We got a lot of, a lot of guys from Toronto, a lot of former Toronto players. So, um, of course, it's an easy game for us to get up for. Hockey is a game where people have to come and go, friends have to come and go. What was it like, you know, saying bye to Tyson and losing him, understanding why it had to happen? And your thoughts on that? Yeah, and, you know, and Jess too. You know, I played with Jess for a long time. Um, you know, and it's it's sad to see him go. And um, obviously, Tyson, um, you know, was, uh, you know, he's an amazing guy, and. and uh, you know, really well liked in this room, and you know, but we all understand it's a business, and like I said, it's super exciting to bring in a guy like uh, like Ak, and um, yeah, you I mean you saw what he you saw what he could do here tonight. Do you, do you think what happened? Plays with an adrenaline coming all the way, flying all the way here without a practice, and yeah, he plays on something. I'm not sure what, but uh, it was it was a crazy day for him. You know, talked to him a little bit yesterday, and and um, you know, it's it's such a whirlwind. You know, you got, you know, I think fans forget that uh, you know these are these are these are men with with families and you know kids and um, you know it's uh, it's a big change. He's played in this league a long time and and uh, he's never been traded before. This is all new for him and you know flies in today and meets everybody and learning the system and then you expect to go out there go out there and perform and you know I thought uh, I thought he really couldn't have, couldn't have done any better. Five multi goal games in a row here for you, Connor. I mean that's obviously rare and notable. It just are you just really feeling it right now? Sometimes it just goes in. You know there's you know I, I felt like I was playing good hockey kind of before and. You know, it just wasn't going in for me, and you know, you kind of get a bounce, and and then uh, it seems to go in for you. So um, it's a funny game that way, and um, yeah. Well, sometimes they go in. <laughs> two of his three shots went in today. 52 goals on the year for McDavid. Hyman, by the way, led the Oilers with seven shots on goal. Nurse had five. Oilers outshot the Leafs 32-28 in a 5-2 victory. 7804960063. We have Rocket standing by as well. Hi, Rocket. Go ahead. Gentlemen, uh, it was a fabulous game. Ekholm, perfect. There's 14 different stories that you could talk about tonight. I'm not going to get into any of them other than JP. Does he not remind you of the goalie from Slapshot? Oh, the caller, Rob. Oh, not the caller. Oh, I was like, Rob was thinking of Pugliarvi. I was like, what? The caller. Um, actually, you know what? I've I met. I did an event a few years ago and met the goalie from Slapshot. He's a he's an awesome guy. Never played hockey before. Uh, just got the part and was injured actually doing doing the part and had to do part of it with a bad hamstring and all. Really cool guy. Um, 
Yeah, kind of, I guess, kind of. JT, me, JP to me is though, he's an original. I, I just don't know if he's comparable to anyone else I've ever met in my life. And I have yet to meet him in person, just on the phone. But uh, to me, he is uh, one of a kind. And I look forward to the one time I get to meet JP. He's more like a villain you'd have in a Naked Gun movie. <laughs> All right. I see this. I see where you're going with this. Um, yeah, well, I, I have no idea what JP looks like. So I can't. Well, even... apparently you got to meet him at Quiznos and finally <laughs> get him an autograph. You could sign a napkin. <laughs> Quiz you, you know what you could do? You could sign the, his sub in mustard. You know, you could. No, I'd have to be mayonnaise. I'm not a mustard guy. I'd okay, have to well, be well, he'd yep. be the one eating it. Yeah, but it might get on my fingers or something. I don't want to have to lick mustard off my fingers. All right. Oilers win 5 2 over the Maple Leafs. Edmonton's record now 33 21 and 8 on the season. They got a home and home coming up uh, with the Jets here on Friday. And Saturday, so the Oilers now two points behind L.A. and two points behind Vegas, who are playing tonight. So we'll see how that goes. You'll hear from head coach Jay Woodcroft when we get back. Hartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. It was flicked in front and broken up intended for Derek Ryan. Ankle to Hyman. Edmonton dominating Toronto right now. Hyman one shot block. A second he scores. Zach Hyman extends Edmonton's lead to 3-1 with number 29. Well, the Oilers with a lot of pressure there at the end of the first period. Hyman scoring with a minute 55 left in the first. Made it 3-1 Oilers. That's your game winner as the Oilers beat Toronto 5-2 tonight. Let's go down to the Hall of Fame room. Here's Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft. Hey Jay, uh, that's consecutive really solid defensive efforts against two of the top offensive teams in the league. What, what did you like about your defensive group tonight as a whole? Yeah, Jason, I think if you, if you went back... And look at, um, you know, even just our segments of the, the last 10 games and then the previous 10 games. And you looked at even strength defending. I think you'd see we were at or near the top of the league in the top five. Uh, so I think we've been trending in the right direction. Those are stats that I would look at. Um, we've been trending in the right direction post-Christmas. Um, you know, and sometimes that... You know, there are goals that go in sometimes that they go in and, um, you know, um, you can do a different play here or there. But I think uh, against two of the best teams in the league this week at home, um, you know, we've played the game the right way. And part of that's offensively, part of that's defensively. Um, and we got contributions from everybody who played tonight. You played Ekholm and Bouchard together a lot uh, tonight, mainly those two as a, as a, as a unit. Uh, Ekholm said he was impressed by uh, Bouchard. Give me your initial thoughts on, on 14 and what you liked about the duo. Yeah, um, I thought for 14, he, he's, he has a way about him that um, I think inspires confidence in the people he's on the ice with. He has veteran poise. Um, he's a huge man, defends well, um, moves pucks, and um, for just having met a few hours earlier, I thought it was a positive sign that um, both him and Bush played the game that they played tonight against a really good hockey team. Um, so there's a lot of positive signs there. Um, you know, he's not even in the city for 
you know, eight hours or so, and, and he's left a good impression so far. When you, when you have a 20, when you put a high-end 21-minute defenseman in your lineup like that, does it slot everyone sort of where they need to be? Do all six guys or seven guys look better? Yeah, uh, I, I think so. And um, that is not a slight on anybody that's been here. Um, but I think um, when the batting order is set a certain way, um, everybody looks good. And uh, I thought we got good minutes from everybody who played tonight on the back end, up front. Um, but it was nice to add someone of Ekholm's quality to the lineup. Got uh, five multi-goal games in a row here from Connor. Uh, he's just sort of says sometimes you're feeling it, but uh, what are you seeing from him overall game offensively? Like it's this is rare, five in a row. Yeah, he is feeling it. Um, you know, he's coming at teams at a certain level of pace that backs them off. He's willing to shoot through um, th through traffic. Um, he goes to hard areas to score. He played a great game tonight. I'd also highlight Leon Dreisaitl's game tonight. I thought that was one of the best two-way games he's played this year. Um, the way he managed the puck. Um, you know, he set some people up that didn't finish on a couple glorious chances. Uh, I think he ended up with one, one assist. But uh, the way he played the game tonight, he was tough to handle. Do you like the way your team seemed to find its game against these two opponents? I mean, these were measuring stick style games, and it seems like your team found it at its game. Yeah, yeah I, and I keep going back to post-Christmas. I, I think our team is kind of hitting stride post-Christmas. We had to make some hard decisions. I believe hard decisions drive culture, um, and we've seen some real results. I think we've lost three games in regulation um, in the last 20 games or so, like somewhere around that. And both two out of the three games we lost were by one goal and we were right there. So I think we're doing a lot of really good things. I think as we work our way down the stretch when points are at a premium, um, you're going to see us refine the way that we need to play come game 83. Um, you know, I mentioned Leon tonight. I thought a lot of his puck decisions tonight um, set the tone for how we needed to play versus a high-octane, positionless hockey team. So the, the, in Edmonton, it seems like the next best thing to a goalie fight is a Nuge fight. What do you make of that whole sequence, and, and uh, why does it resonate like that when, uh, when he gets down and dirty? Yeah, I can't answer for the fan base, but uh, I would say... Uh, for me, um, I really enjoy seeing somebody um, get into that type of situation on behalf of a teammate that he felt was cheap-shotted. Um, and, you know, I thought he acquitted himself really well versus a man who was bigger than him. Um, and it fired up the fan base. It fired up the bench. It fired up the coaching staff. Um, you can see why he's such a beloved teammate. Uh, Yamamoto, was that a spotter that took him out, and is he all right? Good question. I never even, I just heard that he wasn't coming back to the bench. I don't know, and I haven't gone back to the trainer's room just yet uh, to see how he's doing. We'll have an update, I'm sure, tomorrow. So as a coach, do you 
kind of hold your breath when one of your best players goes into a fight like that? Or do, I mean, it happens so quickly, I know, but what what kind of goes through your head when you're seeing it? Well, I thought I thought it was outstanding that he stuck up for a teammate. Um, it happened so fast, DNB that. And, you know, the fight was pretty quick because he did so well. Um, you know, I, you, you never want anybody to get hurt in a, in a fight. Um, but for Nuge to do that, like I said, you can see why he's so beloved. What are you seeing out of Stuart Skinner, who's, you know, progressing pretty far along here in his first full NHL season? You know, sometimes guys at this stage will you know see some fatigue or whatever and he seems you know based on the play the last couple of games he's has his slowed down no he's played well he's given us a chance to win gives us a chance to win most nights um i would say what am i seeing well i thought you know with the birth of his son um and with his illness and going to the all-star break and all, or going to the all-star game and stuff we kind of managed him in the month of january i think he played only four of 15 games so he is you know he's back up and running now and i think that's healthy when we have two goalies fighting for the net uh with tyson being traded uh, Evan's role has been sort of elevated with uh, moving up into the power play. Uh, wh how important do you think this vote of confidence is in him? Yeah, I think it's important. We're going to learn a lot about Evan Bouchard here down the stretch. Um, you know, I think um, the organization uh, has put a lot of faith in him. And, um, you know, I thought he played a good game tonight. I thought that pairing was excellent. I thought the power play went and did its thing at an important juncture early, found a way to score a goal. We, You know, I thought we scored another one. It got called back. Um, you know, he had a, a break, a fast break at the end of the second period on a goal that was called back like he should feel good about his game he should feel good about the organization's belief in his ability and um, now he has to build on it Jay that McLeod Fogel cost and goal kind of showcased the level of confidence they seem to have offensively, the pass from Fogel and the play McLeod and the finish from Costin. Mm -hmm. What have you seen just kind of as the, the growth of all three of those guys and, and three guys who could be very important for you down the stretch? Yeah, I think uh, all three on are well on their way to career years goal-wise. So I think that's a positive sign um, when you can get that type of depth scoring and when you see individuals hit career marks as a coach, it makes you feel good, especially for Ryan and, and Warren. They, they missed a good chunk of the month of December. Uh, so for them to um, feel good about their game and give us a different look on that line, I think it's excellent. For Clem, you know, he's just getting back up and running. You know, he had, he had uh, missed five games or so after that illness but you know he's establishing himself as an NHL hockey player right now and we're still just scratching the surface I believe of his potential I also think that he is continuing to learn the way the game needs to be played um, at this level and uh, the way we want it played um, so Lots of good signs. I would add that Shore, uh, Janmark, um, and DR played excellent as well. And lastly, on the, the Leafs' first goal, um, 
kind of just stopped, played it. So did somebody yell offside? What, what happened on that? Yeah, you know what? It was an interesting thing. First, I would say that the referees uh, and linesmen, there were only three on the ice because uh, Ryan Daisy, I think, uh, got hurt. So Edmonton Oilers are sending their well wishes to Ryan to make sure that's not uh, something serious. Um, but when there was only three on the ice, the play actually started in the offensive end. The linesman dropped the puck. There was nobody at the blue line. And it was one of those ones that was up in the air. Um, there, you know, uh, it just seemed like we got to play until we hear the whistle. But it's a unique situation. And, you know, uh, when we re-looked at it and we spent some time making sure we made the right decision, from our vantage point, it was not 100% clear to be able to overturn that call so that was a that was a uh, gut call at that point not to challenge it and ended up working out for us so we can be better in that situation play to the whistle but it seemed like one of those freak things when there was only three referees on the or three officials on the ice that's jay woodcroft his 100th game as head coach of the oilers he's won 59 of them most wins in franchise history in his first 100 games as head coach Craig McTavish had 50. McDavid keeps rolling. He's the first member of the Oilers to score 10 goals in a five-game span since Gretzky in December of 86. The longest multi-goal streaks in NHL history. So McDavid has five consecutive multi-goal games. McGillney had five in 92-93. Uh, Lemieux had five in 88-89. Punch Broadbent had six in 1921-22, and Joe Malone had six in 1920-21. So, little history from McDavid tonight. Two goals and an assist, all in the first period. Oilers beat the Maple Leafs 5-2. Get more on this game on 630Ched.com or globalnews.ca. The Oilers will be off tomorrow. Our next game broadcast on 630Ched, presented by Friesen Brothers. Home to Winnipeg on Friday. Face-off show at 5.30. Game at 7 here on 630Ched. Bob Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. All have inside sports from 6 to 8. Big thanks to Troy Bowler, our game day engineer here inside Rogers Place. And thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer, back at the 630Ched Broadcasting Compound. You still have 50 minutes to get a ticket for the Oilers 50-50. It's in support of the MS Society and the jackpot, as you might expect, over a million dollars, 1.035 million bucks. You can get a ticket until 11 through the Oilers website. We've been live in Studio 99. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers take down the Leafs 5-2. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.